Welcome to Sounding Off with Kim Munson, our podcast. Uh, be sure and check out my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You will get first look at all of the upcoming guests for the show, as well as our most recent op-eds and our most recent podcast. And then they are housed over at the website as well. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd go over to Facebook and give us a like. And uh, on the line with me is Dr. Jill Vecchio. You know her. Uh, she actually read the complete Obamacare legislation, uh, so she knows what she's talking about. Uh, and uh, we, I want to reference our November 12th broadcast where we actually were talking about the Obamacare question in front of the Supreme Court. We finished that broadcast with any updates that we needed to finish up would be here at Sounding Off with Kim Munson on this podcast. Anything else that you want to add to that at this particular point in time, Dr. Jill Vecchio? Um, I think I think not. I gave background information and what kind of where we are as of yesterday's arguments. There's not a lot of it stuff to add. It's kind of you don't ever want to predict what the Supreme Court will or won't do, and you never know what angle some of the arguments are going to take. So I think we will just need to give regular updates for everybody and and explanations as this transpires. Okay, so on that, stay tuned. Uh, with that, we're going to talk about uh, voter fraud, and it is astounding what we have seen with this election. And in fact, Dr. Jill, you had located a, a soundbite of Joe Biden talking about voter fraud. It's absolutely astounding, Jill. This is weird. I, my neighbor told me about it, and it, I, it's been played. The, a little soundbite from the full interview has been played on. Fox News, a couple of different shows. And I, I'm just astounded. It doesn't look like he's, he's not stuttering. It doesn't look like anybody caught him up and said, did you mean to say that? He's having an online interview with these two younger guys that are uh, obviously Obama and, and Dem- they're, they're heavy Democrat supporters, which is fine. But um, these two young kids are interviewing him about several different things. And I watched almost the entire interview, but at the at a certain mark, and you'll have that on your podcast, um, but at a certain mark, at 19 minutes, 20 seconds, Biden goes into this, what, what you're going to hear in just a minute. And it, it, it just astounds me that no, none of these, neither one of these two kids, I don't, did they not catch it? Did they not hear it? Did they, but they certainly didn't address it, which is bizarre. And here is even later, he goes into a second part of it. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, let's go ahead and play that soundbite right now. Secondly, we're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did did it for our administration, the president Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. What the president is trying to do is discourage people from voting by implying that their vote won't be counted, it can't be counted, we're going to challenge it, and all these things. If enough people vote, it's going to overwhelm the system. You see what's happening now. You guys know it as well as I do. You see the long, long lines in early voting. You see the millions of people have already cast a ballot. And so don't be intimidated if, in fact, you have any, any problem. Go to, and I don't have the number, but it's 833-DEM-VOTE. Call that number. We have over a 1,000 lawyers 
Over a thousand of them will answer the phone if you think there's any challenge to your voting. Go to 833-DEM-VOTE. That will get you the assistance that we have already put in place. Jill, that is absolutely astounding. It's amazing. Now, I don't, I don't know if, uh, I didn't hear if the second part of it got played, but there's a second part just a couple of minutes later that says he's encouraged, Biden is encouraging everyone to go vote. Don't be afraid to go vote. If enough people vote, it's going to overwhelm the system. Now, how many times have we talked about Cloward and Piven and their way to gain control, their method of gaining control is to overwhelm a system so that someone else, some other small group or elites or the federal government or government has to step in to fix everything. So they purposely overwhelm the system. And I think that's what I'm going to be talking about here uh, state by state. Okay, let's, what exactly is going on? Let's jump into this because you've done a lot of research on this voter fraud. Uh, so where should we start, Dr. Jill? Um, let's, we can start with Pennsylvania. That's the biggest mess. And this is changing. The information is changing kind of every day. I, if you want to keep up, there are some great resources. Uh, Steve Bannon, War Room Pandemic is a podcast that's really good. Glenn Beck does really good research. Uh, let's see. Um, there's uh, Rudy Gi- anything with Rudy Giuliani or Sidney Powell. Uh, the two kind of main attorneys doing this. Um, are are great. So kind of look for their stuff. And it's hard to find these days. It's really hard because I tell you what, YouTube is changing your information. Google and Bing, you can't find a source on the first three pages from a conservative outlet. You can't. Do you use it took me a long time to find this Biden video. It was still on there. But this Biden video, and I was very specific in my request you know, Biden voter fraud video, blah, blah, blah. I was very in my search. And, man, it took me three or four pages to get to find this thing. Wow. So do you, anyway, use... you, you, have to, you have to do your homework. You have to really keep going page after page after page. Do you use DuckDuckGo for your search engine now? I've started to do that. Oh, no. What is that? It is a search engine, It's uh, and uh, they don't track you. And I did just put it in here, DuckDuckGo. Uh, Biden voter fraud video, and it looks like it did come up here. Let me just see. How do you spell that? Uh, it's duck, duck, go, like the quack, quack. D-U-C-K, D-U-C-K. Exactly. G-O dot com. Uh-huh. And you should probably make that as your search engine. Okay. because we all need to change over to parlor and everything, you know, those other things. Okay, so Pennsylvania. I'm going to list off, I'm going to tell for each state separately kind of what the complaints have been, what kind of, if they have uh, like affidavits or something, I'll I'll include that, and then kind of what the Trump campaign and and so forth is doing to try and counteract it. So in Pennsylvania, there's a a lot of complaints about limited observation. So apparently when you go to a polling place, anybody should be able to watch Anybody should be able to walk in and watch things being counted, not interfere directly with it, but watch it be counted. Um, Rudy Giuliani this morning or yesterday claimed that up to 650,000 ballots or votes that were counted were counted while they were not allowing 
outside observers in or poll watchers in. And that's in Pennsylvania. Out, especially Republicans. That's in Pennsylvania. But, but that's going to be – that's really a common thread throughout all the, pretty much all the states. Okay. Then also in Pennsylvania, they had different rules for ballot verification for Democrat and Republican polling areas. So if there's a polling area in a, a more Republican uh, precinct or district, they were given different rules than the, the counters or the people minding the polls in Democrat-heavy districts. Uh, it's a thing called curing. So when you get the ballot, if there's an address missing or something like that, then in the Democrat ones, the people counting the votes were allowed to fill in addresses for some of the absentee ballots. A witness needs to have an address and stuff like that. So they were filling in those addresses. And, but in other, in the Republican kind of district polling areas, they weren't allowed to do that. They were told they couldn't do that. So there, um, then let's see, we had uh, the report on Pennsylvania of a postal worker who's filed an affidavit, and then the mainstream media said that he had taken back that affidavit, canceled it, and but I don't know if that's true. I question that. So this post, they have like a thousand affidavits of people, including Democrats, claiming that they witnessed voter voting irregularities or fraud. That's across all the states. So this one postal worker said he was told um, this was a Project Veritas. I think this is a Project Veritas uh, uh, recording where he said he was told to post or to predate post office stamps. So they were supposed to use, they were told by their supervisors at the post office that for mail-in ballots that were received after the election, after November 3rd, they were to use a previous day's stamp to stamp them so they would still be counted. Let's see. Then we have an extended deadline. They extended the deadline in Pennsylvania for late mail ballots. And that went to a higher court. And that was done they, via the courts, not via the legislature, right. via the courts. Exactly right. And it should be done through the legislature. Mark Levin had a great life, liberty, and Levin where he went through this with two different voter legislate like judges. Um, it was really a guy from Heritage that was really great, and then um, Ken Starr, who had been a federal judge also, um, despite a weird history with the Clinton stuff and yes. investigations. Mm-hmm. But, but he has a good reputation otherwise in what he does. Um, but, but Life, Liberty, and Levin, I think it was last Sunday, was really, really good. He went through how important, how, how governors in different states and secretaries of state, so the secretary of state administers the election, but the rules for the election are decided by the state legislators or the state legislatures, mm-hmm. however you want to say it. So the state legislature makes the rules for the election. Any changes have to go through the state legislature. The state legislature also chooses electors, or they don't necessarily choose the electors directly, but they determine how electors are to be to be chosen for each state. Got so it. Some of these, some of this voter fraud involves governors and secretaries of state, and even attorney generals or attorneys general for some states interfering 
with election rules that were set down by the state legislature. Like they're changing the rules on their own as they go along. Mm-hmm. And Pennsylvania was one of the states that was doing that. Uh, let's see here. They extended the Pennsylvania also extended the date for uh, like if you sent in a ballot that you didn't have a proper, you haven't shown ID for your mail-in ballot. They extended the date for you to show your ID for your mail-in ballot to November 12th, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, the Trump administration has filed a lawsuit to stop certification of votes in Pennsylvania so that they cannot declare a winner. You have to certify the election in your state before electoral votes can actually be assigned to any candidate. At this point, there isn't a single state that I could find that has certified their election. Most states have 100% of the vote in, but you wouldn't believe how many states, including Colorado, don't even have 100% of their vote in. Colorado is between 85 and 90%. Why is that? Good question. So it doesn't make any sense. It's never happened before. Why is it happening now? And you have to wonder if it's because they're scrambling to find more ballots. Who knows? Who knows? So either either way, it's, it's just um, it's shady. Then... Let's see. Lindsey Graham and the Department of Defense have started a federal investigation into all of these issues going on in Pennsylvania. The lawsuits and investigations are are state by state. So each one is going to have a different set of remedies, potential remedies. Uh, Judge Alito issued a temporary order requiring segregation of ballots that arrived after Election Day, after November 3rd. Uh, this is Supreme Court Justice Alito, is requiring Pennsylvania to separate the ballots that came in after Election Day um, so that we have a cutoff for whether or not they're going to allow those ballots. Okay. Any questions about Pennsylvania? Well, did Pennsylvania adhere to that ruling? Uh, we don't know yet. I mean, okay. so so far they're supposed to be doing it, but... And, that, and that's the other thing. It's kind of like, what keeps them from shredding ballots? What uh-huh. keeps them from destroying uh, paper ballots and, and mail-in ballots? I mean, we've already seen evidence of things being thrown in ditches and stuff like that. I mean, what's to keep up giant paper shredders from coming to these polling places? Mm-hmm. And I don't have an answer for that. Um, <laughs> oh, let's see here. Okay, let's. I think that's good for Pennsylvania yeah. right now. What's our next state? Yeah. So, so we covered a lot of stuff in Pennsylvania that's going to apply a little bit faster for these other ones. Michigan. They backdated ballots in Michigan um, so that they would still be counted after Election Day. This was Michigan was the big one where a GOP um, a party person, a party leader, identified 6,000 votes that were flipped in the machine, this is the Dominion machine issue. So Dominion makes machines and they make software for elections. There's a question of who all has investment in this company, but I'm not going to address that because I don't have the information. I actually addressed that on the show with uh, Kenneth Timmerman, and he said that uh, George Soros' business partner has ownership in the software as well as Diane Feinstein's husband, 
has ownership in the software company for Dominion and that uh, Nancy Pelosi's former chief of staff is a lobbyist for Dominion voting system or uh, the, either the voting system or the, the software. So, Okay. So consider that, yes. So the software for Dominion in one county, just one county in Michigan, they found 6,000 votes that were for Trump that within the software was changed over to Biden just at the president level. So isn't that now, really a 12,000-vote swing? Yes. So the and, the and the problem was, or is, 47 other counties in Michigan were using that same software. Now, I have and that's, not— and, that's, and I think there are up to 20 states that have the Dominion software. Now, I have not— um, Check this out. This is hearsay. A number of my friends said that here in Colorado, that almost all the state or almost all the counties in Colorado, except they said Douglas County and Garfield County, uh, do not use the Dominion uh, voting system, the patchwork or the the, um, um, the software. yeah the software. But uh, otherwise, that is used prevalently prevalently throughout Colorado. Let me put it that way. Throughout Colorado. Okay. okay go ahead. Okay. Uh, they also had so that that could be like thousands and thousands and thousands of votes. So the the, the Trump campaign is suing the Michigan Secretary of State uh, over the tabulating equipment and software. Other times there are complaints about no signature verification being required on ballots. Uh, again, no pub, no Republican observers were allowed into certain polling areas, especially around the Detroit area. Uh, let's see here. Oh, and they had over, they have documented so far more than 10,000 dead people that actually, that were sent ballots or requested ballots and actually voted. So they have over 10,000 documented dead voters wow. in Michigan. And they requested and that's, a ballot. That's a, common, that's a common thread throughout also, <laughs> dead people voting. These dead people are, in, in many instances, are requesting a ballot. It's not that it's just right. sent out to them. They are requesting it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, so let's see. Another lawsuit. Uh, I'm not sure who's filing this. Requesting a restraining order to stop vote counting in Michigan. And then there's a joint state legislative investigation. And this is the state legislature um, led by Republicans is investigating all of the accusations of irregularities here. Nevada, uh, again, observers were limited, outside observers were limited, or Republican observers specifically were limited from viewing and having close enough access to actually verify that things were being done properly. That's the other thing. If they let people in, sometimes they were 60 or 100 feet away from where the votes were being tabulated, so they couldn't. There's no way that they could actually witness whether there was a signature, whether it matched, whether there was an address, where, whether who the vote was for, and so forth. So there was, even if people were in the room, they, in many cases, weren't close enough to actually see that things were done properly. Uh, so Nevada, again, observers were limited. Signature signature verification process. Um, was 
supposedly the the software that they use to verify signatures, the number of matching points in a signature was decreased so that a signature was more likely to pass in certain circumstances. Does that make sense? It does. And Jill, I was... It's like when they match your fingerprints, it's best to be on so many different points, right, before it's considered Mm -hmm. a match. I was with some women recently that said that they were working in the elections here in Colorado on signature verification in one of the uh, counties that's in the um, Front Range area. And they were told by the 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 facilitators on that, so that would be staff, they were told that they really had a limit on how many signatures that they could challenge. And I found that quite interesting. Yeah, does that seem right at all? No, I'm sorry. That's not the way it should work. Exactly. It isn't. Either you have a rule or you don't have a rule. So there may be up to 200,000 ballots that could be questioned under that decreased, requir- decreased diminished requirement for signature matching. Uh, 3,062 cases of uh, voter fraud, witnessed voter fraud, have been sent to Attorney General Barr, who is now getting involved in several of these cases. Okay. And we're all kind of waiting for that. Let's see, there have been at least two, so far, at least two whistleblower affidavits issued on irregularities seen at the polls. One of them was on... uh, with uh, Laura Ingram and uh, the voice, I think it was supposedly a male, but it looked sounded like a female on Laura Ingram. But you know, they altered the voice and so forth, and had it, you know, everything was in shadow for the person's because uh, they're afraid something's going to happen to them. But you know, they were walking around at lunch and saw Biden uh, Harris van pull up in a parking lot where she was walking. She watched them take out from boxes what these things that look like the pink and white ballots in Nevada, open the envelopes, write on them, and put them back in an envelope. And she watched them, and then when they saw her watching them, more people came out and formed a wall of humans uh, standing next to each other so they could so she couldn't see anything else. And that was in a, like a, a van marked Biden. I <laughs> think, come on. Uh, ballot harvesting has been huge in all of these states where where huge ballot dumps have been occurring, and that's pretty much across the board for all the states I'm going to talk about as well. Let's see. Uh, ballots were cast. About 9,000 ballots were cast by non-residents, um, people, dead voters, and people who were allowed to register below 18 years old. So that's the motor voter thing, right? Mm-hmm. So motor voter registers you. So chances are they had a motor voter thing, and 16-year-olds were allowed to register or were perhaps automatically registered to vote, even though they weren't eligible to vote. So some of those people actually tried to vote, apparently. That's Nevada. Okay. Um, Arizona. In-person voting votes were disregarded secondary, secondary to improper poll worker instructions. And I think that only occurred in Republican heavy precincts and districts so that the training for the poll workers gave them instructions that prevented in-person votes from being counted. 
Then we heard on Fox News, we heard about uh, a, a group of neighbors from one community went to a poll and they were given Sharpie markers to fill out their ballots. But the Sharpie marker bled through to the other side of the ballot and the ballot and the instructions for the ballot had specifically said use only ink, black or blue ink, uh, like ballpoint ink. They, they said ballpoint ink. But the poll worker specifically gave them Sharpies, so they were concerned that that was going to invalidate their ballot. And then they went back into the computer program to check and see if their vote had been counted. And there was some weird answer that they got. Apparently, so they kind of filed a lawsuit. I think the Trump campaign jumped on that one as well, or somebody else jumped on that lawsuit as well to join the lawsuit, but then it, the case was dismissed. I looked on, on the Dominion website. It just happened to have a big pop-up thing that said, by the way, it's okay to use Sharpie markers on, the ball on paper ballots, even though it bleeds through to the other side because we make sure that the part that you fill out, the little circle that you fill out, doesn't superimpose front and back. So you may have a mark, but it's not a mark that's over an area where you're indicated to, to vote. Does that make sense? Okay. So the, so the Dominion thing said, no, it's okay to use the Sharpies. It's okay if they bleed to the other side because it's not going to influence counting of the vote. And, uh, and then I think that's been verified in other places too. So the Sharpie thing is just a non-issue. Okay. Let's see. Um, so the Trump and RNC filed a lawsuit about the denying in-person ballots or votes. Now, Arizona is also so close at this point that they're probably going to have an, auto an automatic recount. So there's an automatic recount if the difference is less than 0.1%. You can also request a recount, and then that has to be has to go through the court system or something. Okay. So it looks like Arizona and Georgia so far so far will have recounts. Pennsylvania is such a mess. I don't know what they're going to do there. Okay. Okay. Then uh, let's see here. In Oregon, this just came out this morning. This is interesting. An election director of Oregon was fired by the current Secretary of State. The Secretary of State-elect is challenging his firing. Apparently, he was fired by text. Isn't that nice? Wow. I mean, Molly said she used to break up with guys by text, and I thought <laughs> that was tacky, but this is really tacky. So... Uh, they have a the election director who was fired by text had issued a memo raising concerns about voter registration issues, serious voter registration issues in Arizona or in Oregon. So we'll have to see if that's a real thing or if, if anything happens with that. There's always been the voter rolls in general for these states. This was mail-in ballots. The voter rolls for many states, the voter number of voters registered in the state, and therefore, in many cases, being automatically sent a mail-in ballot, exceeded the number of residents in the state in many instances. That seems like a problem, Dr. Jill. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So in the first place... 
that shouldn't be able to happen at all. But and and some states were. Um, I think they went to court to say, you got to clean up your rolls, you got to clean up your voter rolls, and they refused to do it mm-hmm. before this election. And that's and that's in many states. That's a huge problem that uh, poorly maintained voter rolls, so that a ton of people got semi some addresses got multiple ballots, and that happened in many states. That kind of problem, that's kind of a ubiquitous problem in many states that were new to mail-in voting. Uh, now Georgia, we had absentee ballots that were improperly counted. Um, they issued had a lawsuit about that, but the case was dismissed. A lot of dead voters in Georgia, apparently. A lot mm. of dead people voting. Um, they had this water main break on election night, nowhere near the polling place, the polling places, and the the Republicans in this polling on the on the polling place, this major polling place, were told to stop counting, that counting would stop at 10:30. So the GOP people left, thinking that counting was going to stop because that's what they were told. And then apparently uh, the non-GOP people left there, kept counting ballots without an observer from the opposite party. Um, they kept counting ballots for until 1 a.m., so another two and a half hours with no observers. So that's being challenged. Uh, let's see here. Also, the number of uncounted ballots, you know, when, you, when it says how many, how many ballots are outstanding – that number changed from 25,000 to 60,000 on Thursday, November 5th. So that is very suspect, strange. very suspect. Yeah, exactly. And I was looking around on the, you know, the election maps on like Bing and I'd go over and it's like, why does it seem like the percent of vote in has actually gone down in these states? So I wonder if that happened in more states. I didn't, I didn't document it though. Um, let's see here. Oh, uh, there. Oh, so so Georgia will be a manual hand recount. Has it's been announced? It has to be done by November 20th because it's such a close margin between the uh, between the candidates. And I think you said that was only going to be presidential. That's presidential my understanding. That they, it's only presidential, and then there's supposed to be this runoff for the two Senate seats in in January, Georgia. Which, you know what, I'm thinking that is really curious that Georgia elects their senators at the same time. Actually, well, is it because one of them was appointed? But here in Colorado, they're staggered. This, first of yeah, all. Yeah, usually you wouldn't have two unless unless one dropped out. And um, and I can't remember. I, I can't remember that about Georgia. I, the weird thing is, so this senatorial runoff is going to be January 6th, and Andrew Yang, who was like running for president right at one point, mm-hmm. Andrew Yang is telling people blatantly and openly, move to Georgia. My wife and I are moving to Georgia so we can vote in this election for the Senate candidates. He's telling Democrats to move to Georgia. There's a New York Times uh, writer who also wrote a whole whole article recommending that Democrats move to the state of Georgia to vote in this election my so other, that they can win the Senate. Yeah, my other question— well, I mean, That's just like that's telling people 
to, to cheat. voter fraud. Why is that okay? Right. And it's the, I guess, legally, there might be ways you could do it. But from an integrity character standpoint, that is not how it is supposed to work. One other thing, Jill, it's odd to me that they are going to recount for the presidential election, but not for the Senate and the other down ticket races. It seems to me that they should recount all that before they go to this runoff election. Exactly. Now, and maybe maybe the state legislature is going to consider that because that that's they. I wonder if they have the authority. They would be the only people that would have the authority to recommend that that happen. Although it may not be good to change the rules at that late date because people are used to their system, you know, and they may have voted a certain way, and because of the way their system works, and I don't understand that well enough. But if Donald Trump um, is victorious in Georgia, it would stand to reason that probably people voted down ticket for those senators as well. You would think, although, although there are 450,000, and this is, uh, let's see here. I'm not sure if this is a single state or across the country. There are 450,000 ballots so far that they have found that have only one vote, and that's for president. Of those, oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, um, no, 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 450, uh, let me back up. They, the person voting only voted for president, but all 400, they found 450,000 of those ballots that were for Biden only. So a ballot had Biden filled in and nothing else, 450,000. For example, uh, one guy gave an example um, of a guy being interviewed that's been keeping track of this. In one state, there were 95,000 ballots in that state that had only Biden marked on the ballot, no, nothing down ticket. By contrast, I think this was Georgia. This is a state with 2.4 million people. By contrast, 818 Trump-only ballots were filed. So 95,000 versus 800, and they're kind of like, okay, you know what? Statistically, there is no possible that's way. No possible that way. That isn't fraud. There's no possible way that that's not fraud. And now if you count 450,000 at least, ballots that they found so far that have only Biden marked on it. This is this is just an uh, overwhelming the, the the level here. I've got one more state. I've got Wisconsin and then we can kind of talk about the overall the kind of the overall how to think about some of this stuff. Okay. So in Wisconsin clerks were filling out parts of absentee ballots, in other words what they call curing the ballots. So if there's some piece of information missing, um election people could fill it in, which is really strange. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand why that's allowed, period. In some states, they will call you and say, you need to come in and fix this part of your ballot. Right. And that's what they should be doing. But these clerks were filling out, say, like, for an absentee ballot, you have to have a witness. And the witness is supposed to put their address in there. A lot of times that address wouldn't be on there. They're not supposed to count those ballots so they can set them aside. But, but each state has different rules. But the clerks were filling out the 
addresses, and they were asked, well, how do you know what the address is? Oh, I just Google it. Wow. So I'm sorry. I can't find a lot of people's addresses on Google. So whose address are you putting in there? Wow. Just anybody's? It's strange. Um, so they should not have been counted. They should have been set aside and not counted. The Let's see. Uh, the election commission refused to take 230,000 votes or 230,000 people off the voter rolls, like I discussed earlier. So they had unverified names on the voter rolls, and that was per state uh, state representative filed uh, complained about that. Then they limited poll watcher access in Milwaukee, and they uh, huge mail-in ballot dumps in the bigger cities, especially Milwaukee. So Trump has requested a recount of the entire state of Wisconsin. Okay. So Wisconsin may have a recount. Georgia is having a recount. Michigan, let's see here. Who else was having a recount? Uh, was it Nevada? No. Uh, oh, Arizona. So we've got Georgia, Arizona, yes, probably Arizona, definitely Georgia, and possibly Wisconsin. Okay, what does uh, what and does Nevada Trump... actually is very close. Which, or at least it was. So, what does Trump need to get to win the electoral college? Which states? Well, and isn't this funny? Because you look at the maps for the uh, elections, and depending on whose map you look at, it'll have completely different numbers. For instance, Epic Times. Let's see here. Epic Times, E-P-O-C-H, which I really like, Epic Times shows that Trump has, and this is based on kind of their calls. This isn't certified voting or anything like that. They have Trump at 232 and Biden at 227 electoral votes. They have Trump ahead of Biden on the Epic Times. Then you go to Bing, and they have, let me see here, they have... Biden at 290 and Trump at 217. So they're not you know, they're not counting all of the they're not holding back because of all of these recounts and lawsuits. They're just going they're just giving it to Biden. So it, it's crazy. And the idea that Biden is called president elect is even it's driving me crazy that they're saying this on the news. What they should say is presumed president-elect or some, some definer there because the votes haven't been certified in any of these states. Well, it is even a— if, it, it, it is if there a, are lawsuits, they haven't certified anything. Yeah. It is, uh, it is a, uh, the mainstream media uh, pushing a narrative out there to try to get people used to this— Instead of the honest reporting would be to do what you just did and go through and explain what is going on in these states, that this has not been certified. Uh, but they're trying to get people to accept this and try to make Trump look bad that he has not uh, conceded. And it's, it's again, the, mani- the manipulation of the narrative that we're seeing here. Jill, we're just about out of time on this podcast. What are the, the other main things that you want people to know? A couple of things. Let's see here. Um, number one, there was a rumor going around that there was the, that the Department of Homeland Security had put a watermark 
on ballots that could be traced so that you could find any ballot anywhere that it's it, the reporting on it is you know the kind of the, the you have to really look for it it has some questionable resources some resources that are very good and they've gone back and forth saying yes it's real no it's not real yes it's real no it's not real so it's weird the same people have gone back and forth so i'm not sure what to think of this watermark thing um that may that may be surprise that comes up later on i don't know uh i did ask our our uh, douglas county clerk and recorder and he said in colorado we have two different companies that print our ballots and he said it he thought it would be highly unlikely that that occurred in colorado having a watermark on the ballots ah yes so again and department of homeland security this year has overseen how the states are running you know their 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 ballot machine their voting machines and things like that to some extent and then i'm told different things so i'm not sure what to what extent the Department of Homeland Security really was involved in state elections, but each state definitely was responsible for printing their own ballots through certain certified publishers or certain certified printers. Okay. So, so it's, that part is very confusing. And it might have been now, specific uh, states as well. Right. Now, we also talked about, you know, General Flynn was uh, thrown in the, in the brink because of this Logan Act violation as as a kind of a an appointee of a future administration right so trump was was really president-elect brought on michael flynn michael flynn made it uh, some phone calls some contacts with foreign uh contemporaries you know like his his counterpart in a foreign country and then they they said he was violating the logan act logan act has never been um has never been used, actually used. It came from the 1800s or 1700s or something, but it's never actually been used. I heard a, a little snippet with an investigation of um, the Senate questioning of, uh, oh, God, guy wears glasses, uh, FBI or CIA. One of the guys, not Brennan. Um, uh, not, not Clapper. Uh, uh, anyway, one of those guys, that it was, a, and it, but Ted Cruz was questioning him about the Logan Act, and he said, why isn't anybody going after Joe Biden for violating the Logan Act when he's not even officially president-elect, but he's now talking to foreign dignitaries? Good point. And, and Ted Cruz says they're not going after him because the Logan Act is not enforceable, it's a bad law, blah, 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 and yet you knew that and you used it to go after General Flynn. So I thought that was interesting because you and I talked about why isn't the Logan Act, why isn't Biden mm-hmm. violating the Logan Act mm-hmm. by contacting these foreign countries when nothing's been certified in any uh, in a single state. Mm-hmm. So uh, and apparently, according to Ted Cruz, nobody's ever going to be be prosecuted under the Logan Act because the Logan Act isn't valid. But the so hypocrisy, the, what you're, you're pointing, exactly. going to is the hypocrisy that they used this when Trump was president-elect and here – Biden is not president-elect yet, and uh, he's talking to all these different foreign leaders, and there's crickets on that. So, Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, let's see. What else was there? You know, and you just think about all of the things that the Democrats have done 
and the media to that has culminated in this chaos of this election. We had COVID-19 extended way beyond, I mean, all over the place. The handling of COVID has been absolutely chaotic, absolutely not medically based at all in any way, shape, or form at any stage has COVID ever been managed the way you would manage any kind of a pandemic medically. It makes no sense. It's all been politically motivated on both sides. Okay. Then, then we have big tech uh, with the censorship. We have mainstream media. We have the Hunter Biden story being suppressed, pharmaceutical industry holding back on, on announcing the vaccine being ready until, what, the day after the election? Uh, is, is the Black Lives Matter and Antifa, the riots, the chaos, the intimidation of people, all of this has culminated to give us this election mess. And the question and on the table. All been on the side of Joe Biden. Yeah. The question on the table is what kind of America do we want to live in? Do we want to live in a, an America of chaos and destruction and not following constitutional law and order? Or do we want to follow constitutional law and order where we uh, have peace in our communities, where we can trust our elections, that they're fair and they're just? I think that's the big question on the table. What's your final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners uh, Dr. Joe Vecchio. Well, again, like you said, if we, when we when we lose the integrity of the vote, we are nothing more than a third world country. That is for sure. That is why we are. Go ahead. No, there's a tin pot dictatorship. That's what we turned into. We are at a historical time for America. Jill, I really appreciate you going through all of this. And uh, let's continue on with your research as we, we go through this uh, this count here. But this really, I think, explains to people what is going on. And, and Trump is right to challenge this because, as you said, if we no longer have the integrity of our, our elections, we're a tin pot uh, dictatorship. And Dr. Jill Vecchio, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. You bet. And uh, my friends, uh, this is the conclusion of the podcast. And uh, we pray for our country. And God bless you. And God bless America.